This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, my dear radio friend. How in the world are you? There's something very personal about these broadcasts, it seems. Although at this moment I'm speaking to one microphone, and yet by the miracle of radio it reaches out across the country from coast to coast, and uh, there where you are, just waking up or just falling asleep, depending on when you're hearing the broadcast, or perhaps getting breakfast or making six lunches for the family to take with them, or driving to work, or whatever it may be, it turns out to be just you and I together in the presence of our blessed Lord with the Word. And that's a wonderful relationship. I cherish it, believe me. And I know many of you do, too. We sort of belong, don't we? Thank God for that. It's your good friend Bob Cook, and we're looking into the book of Ephesians for a little while. It's been eight years, I think, as far as I can tell, uh, since I shared very much of this book with you, and I'd like to look at it once again with you uh, these days by way of radio. We just started the last time we got together. We were talking about the spiritual blessings. Blessed us, God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. And uh, just as an illustration of what some of them are, I, I turn to Psalm 103. You remember that? Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. Another word for blessings. He forgives. See, the psalmist starts at the right place. You don't get very far with God until you've dealt with the sin question. Everything else is secondary. Deal with the sin question first. What is it that stands between you and God? Deal with that, and you'll find that other things come trooping along in their proper order. Forgives all thine iniquities, heals all thy diseases healing. Whether or not you use the doctor and, and medicine and vitamins and hospital rooms and so on or, or not is beside the point. God does the healing. Many a doctor has told me that straight out. Physicians and surgeons who are believers, uh, as I've talked with different ones of them during my lifetime, on a number of occasions they've said to me very seriously, I do what I can, but God has to do the healing. Healeth all thy diseases, redeemeth thy life from destruction. Redemption. Redemption bought out of the slave market of sin so that you can be free to serve God. Crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. God likes to be loving and tender to you. Now in the in the hurly burly of every day's routine, you don't often have time to to express love to your loved ones the way you'd like to. But there is a, a, a point at which you want to be especially kind and loving and tender to someone who is dear to you, a husband or a wife or a child. And so you do things that are especially loving. That's what he talks about here. Crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Bringing a tray to a sick child for breakfast, and you've fixed it up specially with a little flour and in a small vase, and 
some of the things you know that child would like. I was fixing up something special for Mother on Mother's Day or Dad on Father's Day or whatever. Doing something special in a loving and tender way. Or maybe it's just the loving touch of a hand as you pass each other in the hallway. Tender mercies, loving kindness. Ah, God does that for us. These are part of the things he does for us. Have you had the experience of letting the Holy Father put his arms around you and and just love you? That is one of the most delightful things in all of life. It comes from worship and meditation and adoration of God. You spend time with God, and after you've been in his presence for a while, you'll be aware of the fact that he's pouring out his love to you through the indwelling Holy Spirit of God. Loving kindness, tender mercies, satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles, sustaining grace, and uh, and the provision of all of your needs, satisfieth your mouth with good things. There's a taste I've never been able to recapture. It's strange how how those things are. Traveling from uh, from uh, Toledo to Chicago on one occasion with my father in our old jalopy, we'd been driving through the early, early morning hours and we were hungry. It was breakfast time. And so he said, well, you better stop and get some breakfast, boy. And so we pulled off to the first little roadside diner. It was in the hills, uh, sort of a hilly, semi-mountainous area. And here was this little roadside restaurant with a thin wisp of smoke curling up into the morning stillness. And we went on in and said, you got anything to eat? Yeah, we got everything you want. Well, what would you like? Well, uh, it turned out that they had old-fashioned raised buckwheat cakes, buckwheat uh, pancakes made with yeast and uh, homemade sausage. And so we ordered that, and by and by, here came this mountain of, of buckwheat pancakes and several helpings of homemade sausage, and we just we just lapped it up and finished it off. Now, believe it or not, I can still taste that that breakfast, and I have never been able to duplicate it. I do a little cooking myself now and then, as you know, uh, but I've never been able to duplicate that special taste of raised buckwheat cakes and homemade sausage satisfieth thy mouth with good things. There are some things you just enjoy. And one of them, one of them is the presence and blessing of God added to the everyday things of life. And it, it, it quickens and strengthens you. He says, your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, there are some people who never seem to age. Have you noticed that? And many of them, the secret is not just in their genes, it is also in the fact that day by day they're in the presence of God and he renews that youthful spirit by satisfying their heart with his, his presence and his, his blessing. Oh, to know God so well that, that you enjoy him, you taste him, much as I remember the taste of the buckwheat cakes. Satisfieth thy mouth with good things. Then he protects you, he executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He reveals himself to you. He made known his ways unto Moses. 
He's patient with you. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. Hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. He's patient with you. And then he takes your sin away as far as the east is from the west. So far hath he removed our transgressions from us. He cares about you. Like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. He knows our frame. You remember that we're just dust. He's merciful to you. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Oh, hey, what a wonderful layout of blessing that is. And we've just touched the surface of it, haven't we? All spiritual blessings in Christ. Now, come over to a New Testament commentary along the same line. And I'm looking now at 1 Corinthians one thirty. But of him, that is of God, belonging to God, are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us, Wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Um, He is made unto us. What does that mean? The mystery of the Christian life is that what the Lord Jesus Christ is becomes yours when you trust him as your Savior. You take on by faith. His life. It's what one writer has called the exchanged life. You take your need and your sinfulness and your weakness and your failure and your discouragement and all that constitutes your need, and you exchange that for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he becomes to you, as your Savior, he becomes to you the essence of what you need. This is why Paul could say, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How does he do it? By Christ Jesus. He is made unto us. He becomes to us our wisdom. Now, how does a person become wisdom? Well, for instance, let's say that you're in the outback down in Australia, miles from anywhere, and you're lost. You don't know which way to turn. You're running out of water. You're hungry. You have the 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 gloomy prospect of dying of thirst and starvation before you could ever find anything to help you. And then you come upon a little bushman, a little, a little uh, person who has lived all his life in these uh, outback uh, territories. He knows every blade of grass. And uh, so you, you, in, a, in a halting way, you communicate with him that you're lost. And he takes you under his wing and and, and guides you. Now, you can't see why he's turning here and there, but he knows where he's going. And by and by, he gets you out to where you can find civilization once again, and your life has been saved. Now, he can't read nor write. He can't operate a computer. He can't drive a motor car. He doesn't have any money. Not much, anyway. He has very poor clothing, what there is of it but he became your wisdom that day, didn't he? See, the idea is that you depend upon the Lord Jesus Christ for what you don't have. You depended on the little bushman and the outback down in Australia to be your wisdom and get you back out to civilization. You depend on the Lord Jesus to guide you step by step through this life 
so that you're kept in the center of the will of God. The Lord shall guide thee continually, the Bible says. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Christ becomes your wisdom in the in the process of depending upon him completely for all that you need to know and decide upon. Is made unto us. That's one of the spiritual blessings that Paul is talking about, you see. And wisdom and righteousness. He becomes your righteousness. You're accepted, Paul uh, says in Ephesians. We'll get to that verse later on as we study this book. You are accepted in the beloved one. Accepted in the beloved. Uh, Now, he becomes your righteousness. Paul said that I may be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is of the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God by faith. See, we don't have any of our own, do we? And we have to, t- we have to depend upon him, the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, what things were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. I, I look at everything like refuse that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. All the law can do is condemn you. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God by faith. Christ is becomes your righteousness. Well, we've been talking about spiritual blessings. We'll come back to this the next time we get together. Dear Father God, today, oh, may the Lord Jesus be to us all that we need. I ask in his name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.